Blog Talk Radio. He's sitting on 7-14. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a drive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's 7-15. There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. The fireworks are going. Henry Aaron is coming around third. His teammates are at home plate. And listen to this crowd. The sellout crowd is cheering. Henry Aaron, the home run king of all time. 7-15. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one with LeVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. charged with handling the correspondence that he got 
she was a Georgia native and graduate of a New York City Secretary School, and she was working in the basement of what was then known as Atlanta Stadium when the, uh, Hank Aaron asked her for help with his correspondence. She had no idea what she was in for. And by 1972, the work had become so demanding that he got her written into his contract as a full-time secretary, which is a first for a baseball player. And she actually said, uh, because he was close with her and her family, he attended her wedding, spoke at her daughter's wedding, played with her grandchildren every Christmas in Florida. And she even said he called her not that long ago uh, to talk about how he had gotten his COVID-19 shot and how he had hoped to see her soon. And they had joked about, you know, they should have kept the baseball cards that all the fans had sent because they'd really be worth something. So I don't know if it was something that, uh, you know, was sudden or what happened, but uh, definitely a surprise to everybody today. But um, you know you're in top-tier company, and I think I saw quotes throughout the day. And I'll probably I think the best quote or best uh, uh, thing that I saw about this today was that, Muhammad Ali once said in an interview that um, the only person, and I want to get this quote right, he says, the only man I idolized more than myself, this is Muhammad Ali. So, you know, you have to Mm -hmm. give a certain ilk for Muhammad Ali to say something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. He didn't give much credit to a lot of people. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, definitely a shock. Uh, and I think even Mickey Mantle, he even said that he was the best ball player of his era. And Sandy Koufax, who some consider one of the greatest pitchers, he said, to me, he was the toughest out. So, yeah. Uh, but how was your week? Um, um, very relaxing. I took the week off. Um, I needed a break from the world and everyone in it, uh, <laughs> in the best possible way that you could take that. I just needed to, you know, and, and I think everybody needs to recognize their limits. And this was one of the times that I needed to, uh, take that moment and breathe and spend some time with people closest to me, like physically closest to me. Um, we're talking spatial, not <laughs> Ethereal, I guess, would be where I'm talking. Um, but, yeah, so I took the week off, so I'm very relaxed. I'm very, you know, like I'm ready to get back into the world again, put, reinsert myself. But then, yeah, today was today was a very sad day. Um, as much of he was a thorn in, in some people's sides, he was, for, by all accounts and by everything that he's done since, that in my recollection, he's been nothing but a stand-up guy and um, was in, what, Milwaukee his entire career, right? Am I right? Uh, Atlanta, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. Because it was Milwaukee Braves before it was the Atlanta Went Braves. to Atlanta, and uh, then he went back to play for the back Brewers. Back to the Milwaukee to be the Brewers, yeah. So uh, late in his career. Stand-up guy, and very sad that that happened, but um, that's that's a big loss to the to the baseball community. Yeah, I was I've been watching uh, sports throughout the day, and I know that you are a Cubs fan. Uh, Michael Wilbon, uh, he of uh, PTI fame, who was also a big Cubs fan, talked about how his dad, uh, Michael Wilbon's dad, was a big Sox fan, and Wilbon and his brother wanted to go to a Cubs game. And his dad said, the only way I will go and take you to a Cubs game is if the Cubs play the Braves at Wrigley Field. And he said he went, and it was one of the first times he had gone. Hank Aaron at that time was playing for the Braves, hit a home run against the Cubs, and won the game. (laughs) So, yes. Like I said, Uh, Thorn in our side, but but like I said, stand-up guy, 100% stand-up guy. Good, good all-around person, um, outside and inside the diamond. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot on the show uh, tonight, and like I said, throughout the show, uh, we'll mention a few things here. But um, as we start the show uh, today, is National Blonde Brownie Day. So, or is it Blondie Brownie or Blonde Brownie? Whatever it is. 
Uh, it is also Sanctity of Human Life Day, Celebration of Life Day. Tomorrow is Handwriting Day, National Handwriting Day, which I think is a lost art. <laughs> Does anybody really write anything anymore? I do. I still write things longhand. I still write all my to-do lists longhand. Um, yeah, I still write letters and notes and cards. I still send out Christmas cards like nobody does anymore. Do a lot of kids do that? And you can attest to that. You can yes, I can. I, I can. I did get a Christmas card for you this year and a wonderful Christmas gift. And I couldn't thank you enough, which actually uh, sits proudly on my uh, shelf behind me. Uh, but, I don't, yeah, you're right. A lot of people, I don't see a lot of younger people writing now because I think we're mm-hmm. now in an age in which computers, I mean, they and phones, they're all texting. Yeah, send them an email, send them a text. Yeah, I still, I still with my, with mine, I still make, like, write them back. They sent you a card. Send them a thank you card. We have them. Send them a letter that says thank you. Oh, I could just text them. No, or you're gonna call. If you're gonna pick up your phone, you're calling them and actually speaking to these people. So it's either you speak to them or you write them. So I'm I'm still pushing that. Um, probably a lot of that, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, so that's something that I still I I don't know that anybody wouldn't want to get mail. Like I know that everybody goes into the mailbox and gets their junk mail, mm-hmm. right? Wouldn't it be I think cool it's a refreshing change of pace. Yeah, mm-hmm. just get a card, get a letter, get like something that just says. Hey, thinking about you a week ago. <laughs> Not that I would. Uh, I think it would be taking a chance if I think if I asked you or a listening audience out there to send us cards and letters, and uh, I don't. <laughs> we're not asking for that. Um, no box. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. We if we did, we thank you. And mm-hmm. uh, actually, I, I do have a song for that, but I'm not going to play it. It used to be one that was years ago that was played on Swingulli when he would go through uh, uh, the cards and letters, uh, which was from a Stan Freeberg clip. I won't play that, though. <laughs> I'm going to be good tonight. Um, ah, what the heck? Why don't we just play it? There we go. Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, today is actually also National Pie Day. Um, Sunday, Beer Can Appreciation Day. <laughs> I appreciate yes, you, Beer Can. Is also Peanut Butter Day, which, you know what, surprisingly, uh, someone sent me a Snapchat. They were at the grocery store. I kid you not. There was about uh, three or four, like, shelves of different peanut butters. Uh-huh. And it's like, is it really that serious to have that many peanut butters out in the market? And I do know that in recent years it seems to have gotten popular with people who are doing particular diets. Even though there's a lot of people with peanut allergies, a lot of people still do peanut butters and apples or peanut butter and uh, celery. Um yeah, it's, there's also it's, peanut butter alternatives that are on those shelves. And I know some have the oil, and you gotta pour it upside down, and then you gotta do this, you gotta shake it up, and uh, it's 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 a lot. Yeah, that's a natural. That's a natural peanut butter right there. I mean, Give me what, my processed gif. Yes, I just <laughs> bought some like a couple of weeks ago. Not that we're doing a commercial for them, but I just bought some a couple of weeks ago, and. <laughs> I no, I think I already know the answer, but chunky or smooth? Yes. <laughs> oh. I... <laughs> now, are you also a fan We're of... We're talking pe- about peanut butter? Are we talking about peanut butter? Or are we talking... No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we did, that's not that kind of show tonight, is it? Um... No. <laughs> Maybe in a couple of weeks. Whoop, <laughs> <No, no. laughs> whoop! But, uh... I'm the kind of person. <laughs> yeah. 
But here's the other thing. Now, do you are you one of those people who likes your peanut butter, and I'm guessing you might have jelly with it as well, crust on or crust off? That yes. <laughs> peanut butter is God's food. I will eat peanut butter on a spoon. I like peanut butter. We now nor we have um, currently we ha- we just bought more peanut butter because we ran out finally. Um, with only two people in the house, we get like one of those like three pound tubs, and that lasts us a couple of months. Um, <laughs> but we. We finally got another tub, and we ended up with creamy this time, so the smooth peanut butter, no chunks. Um, but I don't mind chunks. I, I, I'm a little chunky, so why am I going to like judge my peanut butter on the chunkiness? Um, but, no, uh, we have, we with a spoon, bananas, on toast with bananas. We still haven't fried up bacon to do with on, with bananas and bacon, so we're working our way up to that. Um, I've never done that. Uh, oh, bananas and bananas and peanut butter are just amazing. I cannot you keep bananas in the too? house if there is peanut butter. Can you You do fluff on it too, like some people say with the marshmallow too. It's good. Oh no, we don't do marshmallow fluff. Okay. We haven't done that. Yeah. That's that. We can add that. Any but peanut butter makes it. I uh-huh, here's something odd for you. I have had. A peanut butter bacon burger. I have too, and it was it was a peanut butter actually with a jelly aioli, which was really good. And it was really good, yeah. I was like, what the heck? It was really good. I was like, this is not right. I was I just kept going to burger peanut butter, not cool, but it was really good. I also had a fried peanut butter and jelly with ice cream for my for dessert. Mm. So they took a PB and J, deep fried it. And then put ice cream on top of it. Oh, that was good, too. That was good, too. So, yeah, no, peanut butter. I've done peanut butter with butter. I've done peanut butter with jelly. I've done peanut butter with apple butter. I've done just peanut butter. Yeah. Pe- you can't go wrong with apple butter. butter. Now, here's says, the thing. Hey, now, what, have you done the crustable sandwiches? Yeah. I've done those, yeah. Although I'm not as big a fan of those because it's white bread. They also have wheat. And white bread gets wheat. They yeah. have wheat. Well, the last one I had was the last one I had was white bread, so that gets a little too moist. Have you seen that they do peanut <laughs> butter and honey? Yes, and that's good too. I have. I bought it. Sick. I haven't I tried it. That. I haven't opened the box yet, but I'm I'm going to try it. Mm, peanut butter and just just I'm saying just regular like peanut butter and honey on toast when ah. I'm sick. Oh, that's some good stuff right there. That is like, <laughs> like I said, peanut butter, God's food. I feel bad for people with peanut allergies, but um, I know some a couple of people with peanut allergies, and they have turned me on to sun butter, which is made out of sunflower seeds, I believe. I believe. <laughs> I could be wrong. Um, and it's pretty close. It's very close. They had me try it, and they're like, hey, you know, since you know what peanut butter is. And we don't. <laughs> what do you think? And it's very, it's a very, 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 very close facsimile. So that if for people with peanut allergies, sun butter and bananas, you'll, I, I, I'll have to try it. But yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Peanut butter day. Bravo. Interesting. Um, I yeah. Um, I guess I have to. Uh... Yeah, I, I've always eaten wheat bread. I know white bread. I, growing up, we used to, but then we stopped uh, a long time ago. Uh, the only time, mm-hmm. and for you who know, know, the only time I will really do white bread is if I go to a barbecue place and they have it with the barbecue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't been to a true barbecue place <laughs> in right? this area. But if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Usually somebody that will put about two or three slices of white bread on there, but it's like sopped up by like some of the barbecue. It's so good. That's the only time I'll probably eat it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, also, you need white bread to soak that up. Yeah. Um, Compliment <laughs> is actually on uh, Sunday as well. Um, 
But I added two additional days here because I thought that people would be interested. Uh, Monday the 25th is National Bubble Wrap Day. Um, I, I hear you clapping, Love so I know that you're probably a bubble wrap, bubble wrap addict. Um, Absolutely. And then the Love 20th. Yeah, on the 26th, it's plan, National Plan uh, for Vacation Day, where most people will probably plan out their spring and summer uh, vacations. So, yeah, good to know. That's funny, because I'm already starting to do that. Did I go early? Uh, Yeah, you went a few days too early. But, I mean, I guess if you want to, it's up to you. Hey, I think a lot of people were thinking about it after Christmas, so quite frankly... <laughs> I've got, I know got is. a few people that have signed on. I'm like, this is what I want to do. What do you think? Right. And I just got to get the plan set in motion. Mm-hmm. I used to have a friend when uh, uh, in one of my previous jobs where she and her girlfriends would get on the phone. Uh, they all be at work on the computer. Nice <laughs> to see that work time is spent uh, <laughs> really good. Uh, but every three <laughs> right. months, yeah. Every quarter, what they would do is they would get on, everybody would get on all at once onto the airline. Uh, they would sit and decide before then uh, where they were going to go, uh, and then they would all just buy a ticket. And it was like a quarterly thing for them, which seemed so cool. Uh, I wish I could do that. I should have done that when I was younger, but uh, I know in times like this it's a little bit different to travel, but if you can get away and you can go somewhere, do it. Um, enjoy yourselves. So, uh, also this weekend, two important thi- well, a few important things in history. Um, on this date, back in 1984, Apple, during the Super Bowl, had their or aired their infamous 1984 Macintosh Super Bowl commercial. Um, if you don't remember what that was, that was the one where it was kind of more like. George Orwell and the lady running in with the big, huge, like, hammer, and then she turns around throws it into the screen, and they said it was, like, one of the most expensive, I think, commercials to make at that time. Um, also, uh, celebrating a birthday this weekend, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond turns, uh, I, think, I think Neil Diamond this weekend, he was born... Uh, I'm actually going to look that up because I, I did have it here, but I don't trust my own handwriting. Um, <laughs> Neil Diamond. <laughs> I know. Um, but Neil Diamond, uh, I think he turns, I want to say 80 this weekend. Um, That's not a I'm surprise. Sure I thought it would be older. No. No, 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 no. Well, he was um, old when we were young. So Neil Diamond turns 80 this weekend. So... Yeah, I know that's the well, wrong thing for me to say. He was old when we were young, but you know, <laughs> the truth. And you know, uh, tomorrow actually marks. Me. Yeah, and I was gonna say tomorrow marks 35 years since the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inducted its first members, its charter class, which was Little Richard, Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, Fats Domino, the Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly. Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis Presley. Jerry Lee Lewis. I know that's the one that I focus on. Like all the rest of them, are like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Jerry Lee Lewis. (laughs) I think if they could have gone back in time, I don't think Jerry Lee Lewis would have been like first. I think it probably should have been at that time Aretha Franklin, probably. Oh, yeah, that would have been a good one, too. There's no woman on this list. And I'm like, I'm surprised. Oh, no. and, I'm like, and I'm like, if you're starting a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you got to have You can't tell me that there was no woman no. that rock and roll. 35 years ago? Come on. There was still a very was, good old boy club back 35 years well ago. known by then. I was like, I get it. True, like, but it's still a good old boy club 35 years ago. Yes, um, but yeah, it's yes, sadly in some ways it still is now. But uh, mm-hmm. oh, that's a different. That's a different story for a different night. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, 
shout out to Betty White for being, now that I said it, you know, the universe. That is a national and universal treasure. I am convinced that that woman needs to be protected forever. That I, I, I love that one. She's America's version of the queen. <laughs> you know what? There's certain <laughs> people that have like a, like, everybody likes them. And I thought the other night when she turned 99, I said, well, who else would we be celebrating probably like years from now if they get older? You know, and I, I think Tom Hanks might be one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody likes Tom Hanks. Um, I'm trying Even to think though I don't like everything right now would have like that same, like, just with people. I think Dolly Parton would. She just turned 75. Um, oh yeah. I think a lot of people would. She should take the mantle from Betty White uh, when that time happens. But uh, yeah. So. But uh, we did have some topics tonight to talk with you. I want to make sure I kind of get through at least a couple of them. Uh, one of which was from Cosmo this week. But it actually had brought up a question here, which I actually thought was pretty interesting, is that uh, uh, there were reports that Ben Affleck and his girlfriend, Anna Armas broke up this week. And they said in a surprising update, it sounds like the split happened over the phone. Now, take with it what you will, but it says they've had numerous discussions about their future, and they decided together to break up, a source told people. While another muse that the split was mutual and something that is completely amicable, they are in different points in their lives. Uh, there is deep love and respect there. And then some people are saying, okay, well, but why did they split? Uh, apparently they couldn't agree on having kids in the future. He wouldn't commit to having more kids. She's in her 30s, and it was a deal breaker. Uh, also, another source said Ben's not in a place to start a new family and that they have you know, jobs lined up, uh, and his family will continue to be his focus. And I guess while I was thinking about all of that, and I get that, things happen, and um, uh, the big question out of that was, if that is true, why couldn't they just, if they did break up in, over the phone, <laughs> why couldn't they do that in person? And is it kind of like, all out bad. I, I, I don't even know if I can say manners, but just bad etiquette to like do something like that over the phone. It's become Mr. like Mark? commonplace now. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I think what, it's the stupidest thing ever. I mean, what point did we get to as to where we can't have a civilized conversation face-to-face with somebody and stuff has to be done over the phone? It's not about civilized conversation anymore. That's where the problem lies. Um, The phone makes it easy. You don't have to look at the person in the face. You don't have to deal with the messy emotions about whether or not you're emotional or they're emotional or you're both emotional or there's anger there or not anger there or hurt. You don't have to deal with those as much because you are on the phone. You can basically, and and I know I've done this, and I know that people have done this to me because I've caught them doing this to me, and I, I'm not innocent of the fact either. But you kind of tune it out, you know. You let the person go, and you just kind of tune it out and move on. Um, and then there's the whole ghosting thing and, and you know, like, I'll just text you. Um, there's a lot of that going around. And it's just, it, it, it promises an easier way. People aren't having to deal with the face-to-face of, like, look me in the eye and tell me why you don't love me anymore or why this isn't working anymore. There's, there's no, like, work this out with me. And I think society's lost some of that because they've gone to the phone and texting, which is, in my opinion, dumb, or snapping. Or on Instagram. And, you know, Next the weird thing is that just, yeah, I was going to say, I want to get back to that in a second. But it's not just for that. I've noticed that other people want to uh, resolve issues with people over the phone. They want to resolve. I even know some people who choose to do it by way of text. And I, and I, and I never understood that because I was like, texting to me 
you don't know the emotional uh, pitch to how they're feeling through a text. Because the whole thing of, I'm so mad at you, and then I'm so mad at you, sounds entirely different through a text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot oh, of stuff yeah. strewed through a text or, you know, a phone call. Because you're not really seeing that person. And I was like, when did, when did it happen? I guess with technology. But, but I mean, when we ever again really see, and I hate sounding like an old person that's saying get off my lawn, but like actually conversation happening again. Because we rely now on technology uh, or on other ways to uh, – I guess not the words run from what we really should be doing. I think that as we as a society move forward and the art of conversation does die, um, unfortunately it's starting. Um, I think, and this is not, again, I, I bring this back to me sounding like a Luddite, but I just, there's there's a fine line between learning how to deal with human beings, reading body language, reading facial expressions, understanding tone of voice, that I think our generation was really the last generation of having that pushed on them. I think the uh, generations that followed slowly have moved away from that to where I'm seeing it in the current social generation, so that would be your middle school and high school students, where they're having trouble with sarcasm. They're having trouble with understanding tone of voice. Um, they're having trouble with when you say, oh, it's so different. To, but they're taking it as, I'm so mad at you. Not just, I'm so mad at you right now. Like, the, they don't understand the difference between anger and disappointment and and um, and uh, even joking. I'm so, I'm so mad at you right now. Anyway, like I said the same thing three times in three different ways, and you and I could have that conversation, and you could see my face when we're talking to each other. Mm-hmm. I think, again, this social generation, and I'm not talking about like specifically whatever generation it is now, but socially, I think they're, they're, they've lost that. We're almost having to train them in that now, like to have it be a formal thing. Like, hi, we're going to have a class on how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be bad putting them into a workforce where speaking with people is something that you have to do. It is a never-ending topic of discussion that we always have here because I think as technology gets more and more uh, easier for people not to have conversations, the worse off I think we're going to be at times because we can't carry on that conversation. And it will create a world of trouble. Um, I think uh, there was, yeah, I mean, it's just, I could not understand. I was like, over the phone? Really? You're grown. That's something that, like, 18-year-olds do or 16-year-olds. But you're grown over the phone? Nah, no. <laughs> um, still ahead on the show tonight, uh, there is a little bit of controversy over an upcoming movie and the age gap between co-stars. Also, an interesting study. Can money buy you happiness? Uh, we're going to tell you the results of a brand new study that's out in regards to that. You'd be surprised at what you would find. Maybe not surprised. Uh, we'll also have a live look at what's trending tonight. Um, I did say a commentary tonight, but no more of a commentary. And I said that throughout the night that uh, we would be talking a little bit about uh, Hank Aaron a little bit. So in light of everything that's happened today, uh, the scheduled retro PSA, retro commercial uh, that we had tonight will be shelved for another week. Uh, but the retro PSA, retro commercials tonight, all involve Hank Aaron. Um, so we will have those, and then we will see you on the other side for the remainder of page one. Thanks for joining us tonight. 
We'll be back in just a moment. When you help start a scout troop, there's no guarantee one of the boys will grow up to hit 755 home runs. But you never know. Call Boy Scouts of America. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron Baseball. Hank Aaron Baseball. Hank Aaron Baseball. Hank Aaron Home Run Baseball by Coleco. It's a whole new ball game. Uh, well, I give 100% all the time. I believe that the game is played between those two white lines, and uh, after the game is over with, uh, I like to go in my locker room and feel like I can look in the mirror and say, well, I've given it all I got. That's why I like to use Brute, because it gives me 100%. It smells good. It stays with me a lot longer. Brute by Fabergé. After shave, after shower, after anything. On the field, I let my back do the talking. Off the field, I let my Brute do the talking. <laughs> You're listening to Page One with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio, your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. I gotta tell you, uh, back in the '80s, when my older brother used to go out to the clubs, he let his brute do the talking, and I tell you, it yelled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old Spice gal myself. <laughs> hey. I'm kidding. Actually, no, my dad wore brute, so that that does have a nostalgia <laughs> for me. So it's kind of one of those like, oh, I know that smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see what people. Say. That's like it's like if you say apple pie, you'll know what apple pie smells like because you can smell the apple. You automatically. You don't even need to have one in front of you. If you say brute, people know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Wow. I, I think my brother used to use like a half bottle on like Friday night. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. I mean, he could whiff by you, come through the house, you could smell it. Uh, upstairs, downstairs, wherever he went, because you knew where he was at, and yeah, it, it has a very strong smell. Actually, I would admit, one year, a few years back, I was at a store, and they had a small little bottle, really small, like a small little plastic bottle of Brut, and I did buy it. Uh, I think I still have it somewhere. Brut by Fabergé. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other commercial was uh, Hank Aaron Baseball by Coleco. Remember when Coleco used to come out with a lot of games? Uh, I think it was like football, baseball. They used to have a market on that stuff. Uh, and then the PSA was for the Boy Scouts of America. Um, welcome back. It's page one. I'm Lavar. That's Barry. Uh, TGIF to you. Um, TGIF. You were uh, it's been, it seems like a long week, hasn't it? It does. But I, I'm I'm enthralled right now because of, like there's a thunderstorm happening in in my backyard, well like in the valley. So I'm like, hey, look at that rain. <laughs> Is it actual? Can you hear the thunder right now? Yes, it's not. It's not very often. It is not like a good old fashioned thunderstorm in the Midwest. But for out here, not too bad at all. Not too shabby. I was hoping that I'm you sure would do a live uh, weather outlook for us and go outside and hold the phone out so that we can hear said thunder. Um. No, gosh, no, no. If I went outside, I'd no. I would get wet and, and, and I would melt because, you know, sugar melts and, and water. No. <laughs> no, we don't want that to happen. <laughs> you stay inside. No, no, I, it'll probably be over in the next two minutes. I mean, like I said, it's not like a good old-fashioned thunderstorm in the Midwest where it lasts like four days. This is a, a Nevada thunderstorm, southern Nevada thunderstorm that lasts ten minutes. So if you don't catch it, you don't catch it. <laughs> you miss it and you blink and it's gone. 
Oh, man. Well, it's a little bit of entertainment news this past week. Um, of course, Hollywood, uh, this comes from uh, Yahoo Entertainment, but it said that Hollywood has a long or has had a long history of pairing older actors with younger leading women on the big and small screens. But in recent years, it's a practice that sparked a lot of criticism. And sometimes the complaints are focused on the age of the star compared to the character she's playing. Other times it's simply the enormity of the age gap itself. And all while some critics point out that teaming up younger women with older men means that there are fewer leading roles for older women. The upcoming relationship drama Malcolm and Marie, which is starring John David Washington and Zendaya, is the latest film facing such critiques because Washington at 36 is 12 years older than the former Disney Channel star who plays his partner. However, the actor doesn't see a problem with the gap. He states that I wasn't concerned about it because she is a woman, he said in a recent interview with Variety when asked about their age difference. People are going to see in this film how much of a woman she is. But there's more to it than that. According uh, to the star, that while there's more than a decade between them age-wise in terms of their careers, he sees her as the elder actor. He says she has far more experience than I do in the industry, I've only been in it for seven years. She's been in it longer, so I'm learning from her. I'm the rookie. Of course, Washington, who is the son of Academy Award winner Denzel Washington and singer and actor Pauletta Washington, had a couple of childhood roles but didn't return to acting as a serious pursuit until just six years ago in 2015 when he joined the cast of HBO's Ballers. By contrast, Zendaya's on-screen career took off in 2010 when, of course, she landed the role of Rocky Blue on Disney's Shake It Up. And... Uh, he hopes that viewers will reserve judgment until the film premieres on Netflix February 5th. And he talks about how mature she is in the role, um, and he feels that she really bought that. Uh, But I guess, too, it's one of those things that's always going to happen. You're always going to have a co-star who's older than another co-star. But when you see movies like that – does it bother you to see a age gap or a certain age gap in the leading roles that are played? Yeah, no. Unless there's a pro- unless like it's obvious. Um, how many times has a twenty or thirty something person played a teenager on TV or in movies? So to me, it's it's about the characters. So when I'm watching it, it's very much about specifically about the characters. Um, I, so no, uh, not really. Um, the, the the issue comes down to why does it bother anyone? Uh, there are people that are in relationships with that kind of age gap. So why wouldn't there be that on screen? Um, I, I, I just uh, people are not always going to be the same exact age when they're dating. When they're when they're together, when they have a romantic relationship, when they have a professional relationship, when they have anything, like it, it only it's only gross when it's like Christopher Lee and Zendaya were in a romantic relationship. That would be gross. Okay, he's like nine hundred, like he's Dracula and she's not. Okay, that's that. <laughs> being rude. He's a very good actor, and I love Chris Billy, so please, if he does listen, I apologize. I was just using you as an example. But, no, I, it just it's it, when the age gap is completely obvious, then there's a difference. But, I mean, how many times did, um, what's his name? Now my brain stopped because he, George Clooney, the Silver Fox, the Ever Bachelor, whatever they were calling him back in the day when he was still not dating anyone, and he was on screen with younger actresses. When was that a big deal? You know? So do why is think, it such a big deal now? And I was going to say, do you think it's a big deal because we've seen Zendaya since she was a child on TV? I think that's where people are like, they still in their mindset see her as a child. They don't see her as a woman. Because I think if it was anybody else besides Zendaya, if it was any other 24-year-old in that role – I don't think people have an issue with it. I think people have an issue with it because of the fact that they still see her as that that kid on that Disney show. It's it's kind of like I think where people still get mad about things that Miley Cyrus does. I'm like Miley Cyrus is not that 16 year old 
that you saw at Disney a few years ago. I think it's almost like a tougher thing for actresses who were child stars to be taken seriously when they have those first adult roles because people still see them as kids. I was like, you got to shake out of that. The only time I used to have an issue with it was seeing, uh, and I've never watched a Woody Allen film, but watching, you know, the the these snippets of a Woody Allen film where he has someone that's almost like 40 years younger than him, and you know that wouldn't happen in real life. No way in hell. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, no, sorry, it ain't going to happen, Woody, so stop doing that. Um, but I Right, think yeah. But I think a 24-year-old Zendaya, in some people's minds, they still see her as young compared to maybe like a 24-year-old other actress who's out there. Because at that point, we didn't see her nothing before. So it's like, oh, okay, I don't think nothing much of it. I think it's our mindset because, like I said, it's that whole Disney thing. When we still see a lot of people, we have a tough time trying to imagine them now as an adult, even though they're older. You know, ask Hillary Duff. I'm pretty sure a lot of people still say, oh, you know, I love you. And because it's still a reruns, too. You know, it's like people just see her as Lizzie McGuire and think that she shouldn't have two or three kids by now. <laughs> but Hillary Duff is old enough as to where that shouldn't really even matter anymore. And I, I think it's like all a mindset mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and Zendaya has been yeah, a lot but of. I think. I think that I think that people. Are, I guess it's it, it's that let it go kind of thing, and not let it go. Oh God, here we go. Um, <laughs> I do not need to hear that song anymore in my head, but because we're talking about Disney, that's what it came up. Yeah. Um, no, but it, it, it's one of those things where because they saw her younger, it's not that they continue to see her younger. It's she's Disney. She's Marvel. Marvel's Disney. So she's wholesome. And it's like, no, she's an adult. She probably swears and she probably does things that you don't like. I'm sure she drinks. I'm sure she she's rowdy with her friends. I'm not about to sit here and try to pretend to know what Zendaya does on her day off. I am not her friend. This is I can't tell you. But I know what I was doing at 24. <laughs> and yeah, I, I know what I was doing at <laughs> So <laughs> let's just leave it up. Like everybody forgets that we were all 24 and we all did stupid crap when we were 24. So let, let it be. She's more of an adult than we are at this age. I mean, she's been in, she's been in the industry long enough. She knows how to navigate considering she hasn't gone like off the deep end like some of these other people. Right. Uh, really quick. Trending online tonight, not much. Um, Cleveland Cavaliers are trending uh, after they won tonight. They seem to be on a little bit of a uh, roll here along with uh, their star, Colin Sexton, who's the first player in Cavs history. That's saying something when a team has had LeBron James or Mark Price or Brad Doherty or or Craig Elo. He is the first player in Cavs history to score 20 points in each of his first 10 games of the season. Uh, They won tonight against Brooklyn. Uh, 125-113. Uh, also trending tonight, WWE SmackDown. Of course, it's Friday night. Also, Friday night TV fair, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is trending. Uh, also, Rolex is trending. Uh, the reason why is the New York Times received pushback after publishing a fashion article about pieces and how it fits into the history of watches worn by previous U.S. presidents. Uh Philadelphia 76ers are trending separately here as Joel Embiid went off for 38 points and 11 rebounds to lead the Sixers to a 122-110 victory over the Celtics. Uh, Love After Lockup, another uh, TV show, is trending tonight. Also trending tonight, uh, which has been trending since last night, uh, JoJo Siwa, who I guess uh, she is – no, 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 she didn't do anything. She actually had posted a video that pretty much almost, uh, and some people were trying to uh, decipher, is if she came out. Um, if she has now uh, come out. Uh, uh, the video, I know, I think I saw a part of it last night in which uh, she 
uh, was singing a Lady Gaga song, um, and she was wearing uh, rainbow colors, and a lot of people think that that meant that uh, she pretty much uh, had admitted that she is uh, come out. So I don't know. Uh, she's still trending. I didn't even know who she was until last year when I saw something trending. <laughs> I think it you know her when you said, what does she do? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I know of her. I don't know her personally, and I don't watch any of her content, but I know of her enough to recognize the name, sort of the person. There you go. So that's what's trending tonight, slow news night, besides the obvious of what's happened earlier today. But, I mean, uh, let's hope it continues to do a slow news weekend. Don't need anything else going on right now. Um, also, can money actually buy you happiness? Well, yes. a new report finds that <laughs> you say yes? Yes. Yes. A new report It can also finds, bring you trouble, but yes. Yeah, it can. A new report finds that, you know what, and I almost forgot. I forgot to play the, uh, was it the Powerball or Mega Millions tonight? Just flat out forgot. Oh. Yeah. I've played for like the last week. Uh, I have a feeling it's probably going to like roll over again probably. We'll find out more uh, <laughs> tomorrow morning. Uh, it's already at a billion, I believe. So, yeah. But a new report finds that in recent decades, having more money has become increasingly associated with greater happiness. No stuff. The expanding class divide in happiness in the United States, 1972 to 2016, published last week in the journal Emotion, found that among people aged 30 and older, the correlation between income and happiness has steadily risen over the years. The study used uh, data from the General Society uh, Social Survey, which is one of the longest-running nationally representative surveys of U.S. adults, with 44,198 participants between 1972 and 2016. Uh, it found a growing class divide in happiness with the happiness of whites with no college education steadily declining since 1972, while the happiness of whites with college education stayed steady. For African Americans, the results were different but still reflect a rising money happiness correlation. Happiness levels of blacks with no college education has stayed steady since 1972, while the happiness of blacks with college education has increased. For both races, the happiness gap by education has grown. So the it pretty much uh, states that uh, levels uh, higher than seventy five thousand a rise in income is not associated with greater happiness. Very interesting. But you say that yes, it can. I actually say yeah, it can, but with an asterisk because I have a very odd feeling that even if you have money, and I'm not saying I wouldn't want to have money. Not even saying I wouldn't mind winning the night's uh, lottery, but. It can create, I would think, a little bit of a loneliness, a little bit more stress, and a little bit more, uh, I guess, yeah, of loneliness and stress because now you have to worry about people's intentions, especially newer people or returning people. <laughs> uh, you pretty much have to close off a lot of people because now you're worried about intentions, and then on top of that, you find yourself kind of in a lonely landscape, I would think, uh, if you have money and fame and success. Ask Justin Bieber what that new song he's got. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, like I said, a lot of us wouldn't mind having that because we'd say we deal with it. Uh, but if you had to take, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to spice this question up a bit. If you If they said we will give you... $50 million, but now everyone within your circle is suspect as to their feelings about you, and you pretty much have to shut yourself off. Or uh, you can stay the same but have, you know, friends, love, and anything else you wanted. Which one would you take? Well, I mean, money can't buy me love, right? Yeah, that's what the people said. Hey, see, um, I think with money comes freedom. With freedom comes problems. So it really depends on. I think there's a level. Like 
it's a comfortable factor. You, too much money ends up becoming that double-edged sword. I think if you get to a too high of a place, then you're going to end up being lonely, disconnected, um, stressed. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, suspicious. You're going to end up being those things because there's that more. Does that make sense? Like that, that exorbitant amount of money. Um, the people that have those large amounts of money tend to have a very small circle of friends that started out with them when they didn't have. Like he knew me when I didn't have money. She knew me when she loved me when I didn't have money. She mm-hmm. loved me before I was. You know, there's a lot of those befores kind of thing. Right. I think though that at some there is there is a level like if you can comfortably live your life if you can comfortably get up in the morning and go you know what if I don't go to work today it's okay as long as this happens um, if I need to get groceries tomorrow I'm not going to have a problem with it those kind of things that I think does reduce that level of stress. So too little money and too much money. I think it's that pendulum swing. I think those two things are the, the extremes and those extremes end up coming with their double-edged sword. I think you've got to find that sweet spot. Um, now, if you're going to tell me that I can have all the money in the world, but I can't have anybody that's in my life, or I can have everybody in my life, and I have to continue living the way that I am right now, I would tell you to take all the money in the world and, and distribute it with everybody else to let them have their lives too. Um, Always for a loophole, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, no, no, I'm saying I would take the people. Um, I'm very much about who I surround myself with more than I am about how much they bring to my life monetarily. I would rather have someone bring something to my life emotionally, intellectually, um, passion would be great. Um, bring me something that I yeah. can learn. Teach me those things. I would rather have. <laughs> don't start. Find me love. Um, <laughs> those things I would much rather have than um, the Almighty Greenback. Um, now, would I turn down having a little bit more of that right now? Absolutely not. I would love to have a few more bucks in my pocket. That would be great. I have a teenager, so definitely would like to have a little few more bucks in my pocket. Would I like to have a, you know, a brand new car every couple of years? Sure, you know, a b- bigger house, maybe. You know, there's there's things I would love to have. Be able to go on vacation, absolutely. But so I'm working said, towards those things. So you said a little bit more passion, huh? Hey, don't start with me, Mister. I well, actually, I'm, anyway. glad you, I'm glad you did that because I'm going to share one more story. Should I do it in my, like, um, sexy phone operator voice or should I just go back to regular? <laughs> sexy phone operator voice. I'm sorry. I can't take you seriously, but that's because I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it in my sexy voice just because just you now said that. You do it I, in your I, I got this. See, I wish I could play some Barry White in the background, so you'll have to imagine that while I do this. So <clears throat> uh, I'm going to do this in my sexy voice, so bear with me, the final story tonight. <laughs> but a company called Candy Funhouse is looking to hire candy and chocolate taste testers. This isn't one of those gimmicks where a company hires someone for $500 to eat chocolate for a week. It's a real full-time job. Job's gonna pay twenty-four dollars an hour, which works out to around forty-seven thousand five hundred dollars a year. And they'll be hiring two people for it. Oh yeah, I said two people. This catch though, the company in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. You're gonna to have to move there. Salary is forty-seven thousand five hundred American dollars, or sixty thousand dollars in Canadian. If moving to Mississauga is a non-starter for you. They're also going to be hiring eight people for part-time jobs, and those people will get paid the same hourly rate to work from home 15 hours a week. Applications are due on February 15th. So day after Valentine's Day for chocolate? Come on, man. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, right? That's not. I would take that forty-seven thousand five hundred dollars job. I mean, I'll take it. Twenty-four bucks an hour. You would go up to to Canada. But I, I got one question on that though. If I take that job, you better have one heck of a dental plan. <laughs> uh, from what I hear, it's a national plan. Okay, just saying. I'm just saying, saying. their medical and dental is national. Remember, we have those darn socialists up north. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, my friend, uh, time has come. Uh, Clapping the wall is poking me in the uh, shoulder here. But do you have any shout-outs this week? (laughs) Just the shoulder? You know, that little... A little poke that people do when they like get a shoulder, like, hey, hey, move along. (laughs) Tap, tap, tap. Yes. Move it, buddy. Tap on the shoulder. Uh, (laughs) Shout outs this week. I I mean, there's some people that I've been talking to, and hey, thank you for keeping me company this week, as you did. But no, like, my couch has been my best friend this week, so no. (laughs) Hey. Couches are friends. They're, they're, they, a lot of things are our friends. So, uh, no uh, shout outs. And maybe this week. not a shout out, but a note to everyone: do take their, like, take your time. The, um, the world is not going to end. If you take a vacation, there are plenty of people out there that are, that are stuck and that are freaking out and that are, you know, whatever the case may be. It's okay to take a day. It's okay to take an hour. It's okay to take you know, four hours and just let go of everything and everybody and just get out of your head for a minute. So mental health, take care of it. Same thing. Here, here. I agree on that. Uh, as we leave you tonight, I know at the top of the show we played the home run uh, uh, call from Milo Hamilton. But one that a lot of people also remember uh, from Hank Aaron's 715th home run is the call that Vin Scully did. Uh, His a lot more, uh, and plus Vin is like, if you know me, you know Vin Scully is like, he has no equal. He's like greatest announcer of all time. He's the GOAT. Uh, There's nobody else that even comes close to Vin Scully. So uh, as we leave you tonight, uh, we will play the home run call from Vin Scully, who was also there that night. Uh, we will see you back here next Friday night, same time, 10 o'clock Eastern time, 9 o'clock Central time. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and um, take good care of each other, and uh, we'll see you again here soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Once again, a standing ovation for Henry Aaron. So the confrontation for the second time. Aaron walked in the second inning. He means the tying run at the plate now. But we'll see what Downing does. Al at the belt delivers, and he's low, ball one. And that just adds to the pressure. The crowd booing. Downing has to ignore the sound effects and stay a professional in pitches game. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron, who was met at home plate not only by every member of the Braves, but by his father and mother. He threw his arms around his father 
And as he left the home plate area, his mother came running across the grass, threw her arms around his neck, kissed him for all she was worth. As Aaron circled the bases, the Dodgers on the infield shook his hand. And that was a memorable moment. Aaron is being mobbed by photographers. He is holding his right hand high in the air. And for the first time in a long time, that poker face of Aaron shows the tremendous strain and relief of what it must have been like to live with for the past several months. It is over. At 10 minutes after 9 in Atlanta, Georgia, Henry Aaron has eclipsed the mark set by Babe Ruth. You could not, I guess, get two more opposite men. The Babe, big and garrulous and oh so sociable and oh so immense in all of his appetites. And then the quiet lad out of Mobile, Alabama, slender and stayed slender throughout his career. Ruth, as he put on the poundage and the paunch, the Yankees put their ballplayers in pinstripe uniforms because it made Ruth look slimmer. But they didn't need pinstripe uniforms for Henry Aaron in the twilight of his career. He looked almost the same as he did when he first came up 20 years ago. And so it was a memorable moment before the game and now what a sweet moment it is here in the middle of the game. So Henry and the Babe, the two greatest home run hitters that have ever lived. And it's a marvelous, wonderful, enjoyable moment here in Atlanta. We're so happy, too, that it could be seen all over the United States, that it will be duly reported all around the world. And I'm sure films of it will be seen around the world, and you can hear Georgia around the world. Henry Aaron is now at the microphone. Henry, sum it all up by saying, I thank God it's all over with. And I'm sure he has thanked God many times that he had to do it to get it all over with as he becomes the greatest home run hitter in the history of baseball. for listening to page one don't forget to get the latest show info on twitter at news comment btr and add us as a podcast on apple